welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening into today's episode. Today's interview is with Lucy Bartholomew. We recently caught up with Lucy, an athlete we can only describe as on a whole nother level. She ran her first race, the Surf Coast Century 100K, alongside her father, and after that, success kept coming. And in 2017, she ran in 15 ultras and was first place female in eight of them. After she triumphed at the Western States, she gained a total of 50,000 followers on her Instagram, which gave her the opportunity to share her journey. And now, from trail runner to Iron Woman, she continues to show the world how adaptable and resilient she really is. And no wonder, she's been sponsored by brands like Solomon Australia, Sunto, Spring Energy, Drillbo, and Leben. In today's episode, we talk about her upbringing, what got her started with trail running, her journey throughout her running career, the lows she faced. We also dive into keeping your perspective right with a mindful attitude, life advice on how to pursue your purpose when you feel like giving up. And we also talk about her upcoming Ironman race in Kona and the UTMB trail run, only a few months apart. Expect many more inspiring stories to come from Lucy as she continues to pave the path to greatness. Thanks for listening in and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. For everyone listening in, uh, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, thanks for having me. So my name is Lucy Bartholomew. I'm 26 years old from Melbourne, Australia, and I'm a professional ultra trail runner. Uh, so I'm sponsored by the brands of Solomon is my main sponsor. Um, and really, I just run a long way uh, and do it all year round. I love that. It's just like, do you know what bring, comes to my mind every time someone says run a long way? Forest gum. And I just can't get it out of my head sometimes. <laughs> Uh, I knew that that was going to be the thing. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You probably heard it every time. Um, so before we dive into kind of like, you know, some of the challenges you've faced and where you want to go and everything in between, let's talk about a bit about kind of reverse time a bit, you know, what your upbringing was like and where you were born and what got you into uh, starting this journey with running. Yeah, so I grew up in Melbourne City. Um, I was a city kid and I grew up with two older brothers, uh, my mom and my dad, so a family of five. And, you know, I think always being like the younger, the sister, the younger kid was kind of, you learned to be pretty tough and to also want to keep up. So I feel like my endurance and my strength of mind and everything came from the family dynamic. 
but it was really my dad who was kind of the inspiration for me and who found, who made me find the sport of trail running, ultra running, and just running in general. So he has done, I think, like 25 Melbourne marathons. He traveled the world and did marathons as his way of seeing cities, just as a, a backpacker. Um and I would just see him every day. He'd run to work, he'd run home, or he'd cycle, and sometimes he'd drive. But I always remember just how different of a man he was when he'd run home. He was, you know, we were definitely getting dessert that night. He was much more understanding of us being a bit louder, staying up a bit later. And so I think I always had this really kind of um, appreciation for running and what it was doing for him as a human being. And as I got older, you know, I kind of had gone to a lot of his races and he was looking for a big challenge. And so he saw this 100 kilometer race in the Blue Mountains in Sydney. And he kind of said, I think I'm going to do it. And I remember him being on his computer and looking at this extortionate uh, mandatory gear list and just like seeing my dad, my superhero, just kind of look really afraid as he paid a few hundred bucks and was like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm doing this. And I think kind of seeing him respect the sport like that and be nervous about it. You know, I was like young and oblivious. I hadn't even driven 100Ks at that point. I was like, yeah, dad, you can do it. Anyway, to kind of like help him on his journey, I would ride next to him as he ran. And it was a really cute bonding experience. But as he got more and more onto some technical trails, I'm not a great mountain biker. So I was like, can I just leave the bike and can I just run with you? Because you're really not running that fast. Um, I think I can do it. Like you walk a lot. Um, and so we kind of would go on these adventures to these trails. We would pack so many snacks and my dad and I would just run, walk, talk for hours. And I just realized that it didn't really bother me. I was just kind of like, I had no concept of time, no watch counting the distances. And I just loved spending time with him. We talk about work and school and friends and boyfriends. And it was just kind of this time that my dad and I would have these conversations that I wouldn't have if he sat across from me at a table and was looking me in the eye. I'd be way too intimidated. Um, and so I just loved the whole thing. I went up to his race. I watched him finish and was just like, oh my God, he ran and walked and moved for 20 hours. You know, I felt it took forever just waiting for him. I was like, I can't imagine actually doing it. But when I saw him finish, I was like, I want to do that. Like I did the whole training process with him. I think I can do that too. So I came home and I emailed every race director in the country saying, hey, I'm uh, 15 years old. Can I come to your race? I know your minimum age is 18, but like, only a few years like come on and um one race came back and was like yeah okay <clears throat> we'll take you on but you know you'll have to run side by side with your dad you have to submit like a few extra medical certificates and your training your nutrition plan just some extra hurdles for safety and um so I was allowed to do it and so in September dad and I of 2012 dad and I ran along the surf coast trail walk which is down on the south coast of victoria from anglesey out to torquay back and then to bells beach and back um for 100 kilometers for 12 and a half hours we just had the best time we just i felt like i was just running from buffet to buffet i just ate all my favorite candy and drank all the coke i felt like i was at a kid's party 
And I just remember going to school on Monday and everyone being like, what did you do on the weekend? And people were like, oh, I went for a sleepover. I did this. And I was like, dude, I ran <laughs> four and a half hours um, and just like loved it. So the following year, I was allowed to go back and run without my dad. And I ran four hours faster. And, and I was kind of, I think people were like, whoa, hang on. She's got, she's not just anomaly in her age. She's also got something, some talent in there. And um, I feel like that was the beginning of the end with my running. It was kind of like, all right, I want to pursue this and I want to uh, see how far I can take it. Mm. What do you think it was that kind of like, was it, do you think it, that built the passion was the time spending with your dad or was it just like this underlying like fun excitement of like, just enjoying the whole, whole run itself. I think there was definitely many reasons. I think the going away and getting to explore bits of Australia and kind of the the camping, like it wasn't even the running on the weekends. It was more the, the road trip there where I would sing the whole way. Sleeping in a tent was always fun. Going out to dinner, dad would pay. It was phenomenal. (laughs) Then I'd do the running and that was kind of like beautiful and fun as well. And then we'd road trip home um so I think there's all those aspects as well as like I was obviously being 15 and running 100k's the community of ultra running is 35 and above for sure it's an older person sport um and so I was the baby and so the community was just so lovely like everyone would look after me like their own child and I was just so taken in and people were just so incredibly uh supportive of what I wanted to do Having said that, when I signed up for this race that I did, they put out that they've, we've got this 15-year-old girl. She's running 100Ks at our race. And, of course, that comes with criticism. And so there was a lot of people that kind of said, she's clearly got an exercise addiction. She's being forced to do this. He's a terrible parent because she's going to be stunted in growth and all these things are going to happen to her. And, I don't know, she's going to grow a third eye or something. <laughs> And, um, you know, it would have been really easy for my dad to just be like, Lucy, just wait a couple more years and just do what society tells you. They say the minimum age is 18. Do it. But I had this thing in me, this feeling of like, there'll be people on that start line who were mid 40s, had a big night out and they're like, yeah, I'm going to sign up for 100Ks, you know, and they can just do it the week before. I'm not even going to train like I can do this. And I was just like, if they can do it, I want to be able to do it because I have trained and I have, you know, like I've gone through the process. I've thought about this. I, I know I want to do it. I want to do it well and I want to do it safely. And so we kind of, you know, it really bonded my dad and I because, you know, we were very questioned about why we were doing it very disliked at some by some people and then it was kind of like you know I'm gonna do this race with the biggest smile on my face as a middle finger to all those people that are like she can't do it she shouldn't do it and I was like man like tell me I can't and I'll show you I can and I'm gonna do it like really really well just to really rub it in I love that and it's you know there's so many like really cool perspective shifts in that one the fact that like I think a lot of people get so stuck on like that end result of like, you know, they say they're training for a run. All they're looking forward to is the run. Whereas like you talk more about the process, which is sick because I think a lot of people forget that like, it's, it's not always just about going from a, a to B, but also a to Z and enjoying everything in between. And the fact that like, you can be like, Oh, I'm singing in the car. I'm having a good time. I'm having a buffet. Like 
what a vibe, honestly. Like, and just that perspective shift in, you know, you talk about like gratitude and stuff. Like we do, we do live in a world where a lot of people forget to be grateful for the, like the little things like having a home, having a car, having food. There's so many things out there that we, we forget that we have and how lucky we are. And the fact that you can like enjoy that process along the way, I think adds a lot of value and a perspective shift for most. Everyone's trying to, you know, get to the end of the race, but no one's trying to enjoy it. Totally. I think, you know, and I, I also had people around me, people like my dad that would really be like, look how far you've come, look at where you are now and look where you've been. Um, and just kind of, I think because I had so many hurdles to overcome, the gratitude was just immense. Every time I got to stand on a start line and my parents had signed my my permission form, I had been able to pay, saved up my pocket money to pay for the entry. You know, it was just kind of all these little things that amounted to like, once I stepped over the start line, it was like, oh, this is like the celebration of all the hard work. And this is, you can only, I only want to make this a good day because I've worked so hard to get to this point. Um, but, and I always think like I'm so in control of what that day looks like. And I had a lot of hard races and challenging races, but they've all amounted to like, I always things feel like things happen for you, not to you. And so they've all prepared me for, you know, now this is my job and my profession and I, I get to do it all the time and all around the world. Um, and it's because of those, those days where the, the foundation was laid. And do you think that those things were the, the things that embedded those values and beliefs in you? Or was this something that like you were always brought up on? No, I would say they were really cemented through sport. I feel like there's a saying that running, I mean, the, the saying is 100 miles, but I would question that it goes down to a 50K or a marathon, is that when you run a marathon, it's like living life in a day. You go through so many ups and downs, so many times of like, I can't do this, I can do this, this is beautiful, I hate this, why am I doing this? I could be doing so many other things right now. You know, you're just constantly questioning and wondering and doubting what you can do and I think that I am the person I am now and have the confidence to speak about my story and my experiences because there was a lot of lessons and a lot of you know quote-unquote failures but then they've all amounted to the success and the achievements that have come at a later date I just didn't realize it at the time and I can't say that I had this perspective when I was young and people were saying no you can't do my race I was very kind of like wah, wah. <laughs> as 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 you would be like i'd be a little surprised if you weren't um i think that's good though because like you know perspective too like something i've i've been taught is like failure's feedback so it's always just the stimuli to a response that you're kind of going through in an emotional state and i think if more people can appreciate that feed failure if you want to call it or feedback is good then that just allows you to get over the hurdle quicker what what are some of the challenges that you've faced that has been a struggle for you to you know especially going into you know it's been such a an early on process in your life you would have gone through so many transitional periods in your life through like who you are as a person um challenges faced what did that look like for you yeah I think you know one of the first earliest challenges was that when I was that age um and the races that I did they made my age group. So I won my age group. And so I had a lot of success very early, but that's because I was the only person in that age group. And very often in those early years of running, I was the only female as well. 
And so early on, my resume is very extensive and impressive, but really it's one of one in the category and in the gender. And so I think like having that success really built my confidence. It was pivotal into kind of like keeping me in the sport, keeping me engaged. I kept showing up. But I think once I went international and started racing other young people of my age, other females, it was very humbling to kind of be brought back down and realize that in the world, I'm a small fish in a very, very big pond. Um, and so that was challenging. It was challenging for my ego, for my confidence and not letting like a, a race result and a, a number and a digit define who I am as an athlete and most importantly, who I am as a person. And so that was kind of like one of the first challenges that I ran into that my dad was kind of like, Hey, Lucy, you're going to get your ass kicked. And that's good. Like, it's important that you learn to lose. Um, and to, to, and like you say, to take the feedback from the race, take the learnings, take the lessons forward. Um, so that was really kind of one of them. Second one would be when I was 21, I did this big race called Western States 100. Um, so it's a hundred miles in the U S and I went there as very young to be doing this race, the youngest in the race as a little Aussie runner. And there was no expectations of me, but I went out so hard and I would led this race for a hundred Ks, the most prestigious race in the world, the grandfather of ultra runs. I finished up third, um, but the fastest Australian run ever, uh, the highest placed Australian ever. And overnight, I gained 50,000 Instagram followers. And I'd always been pretty savvy on social media. I understood how it worked. Obviously, I knew that brands that I was working with were interested in that number. And so I was stoked. You know, I was like, I just came third at the biggest race. My social media is booming. But with that comes a lot of people's opinions and expectations and critics and, you know, people that trolls that just want to bring you down. Um, and so that's something that still to this day, I really struggle with because like we were talking before this, we press record is that like, I feel things very deeply and I absorb comments and I read it and I kind of stew on it and I can't just like pass it off or let it slip off my back. Um, and so that's something that is just a continual challenge for me. And I think anyone who's on social media would resonate with that, whether you're an athlete or anything that you do and you love, it's because you care so much. Um, so that's definitely been like a big challenge for me. And then just the constant challenge of when you do something every day and it's your job now and it was your hobby and it became your job. Um, that kind of question around why am I doing this? Is this really the best use of my time on earth? <laughs> um, you know, the deep, the deep questions that I ask myself in the middle of a hundred miles, I'm like, do I really need to be doing this? Like I could be sitting at a desk and maybe, I don't know, inventing something. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just that constant, like I wake up every day and I go running and you know, it's kind of like, that's cool and everything, but it's repetitive and it becomes mundane and it's not sexy sport at its essence like it is just very kind of a selfish endeavor that you do um and so just trying to like keep that interesting and keeping that alive and that passion still there and kind of always coming back to I began running to explore and to spend time with my dad and time with people and to connect with community nature and so like I need to come back to that rather than it being about results driven brands financial um and just trying to like take from the sport I prefer to look at it as like what can I give and how can I help this sport 
boom because ultra running is becoming such an incredibly uh more inclusive sport as we go that's epic too because i think it's something that a lot of people can resonate with when you you start a journey it's you know you've got they say either beginner's luck or you've got momentum and you've got everything kind of working with you but there's kind of like this trial period where you start to level up quite a bit and it's like all right we're, we're getting somewhere we're getting real good at this now i'm going to throw a, a wrench at your ankles and then we're going to see if you start limping or if you start walking so which one's it going to be and then realizing like well i shouldn't have ran through a mechanic shop to start probably but like just realizing that you're going to be challenged during during the peak of your times and that's like such a cool it sounds horrible when you're through it like from experience it's just not a fun time but when you think about it backwards you're like wow like what a great opportunity like i'm being challenged in something that i'm i'm thriving in what what is it that what what keeps me here like you said like reevaluating those values i i think just so important would would you say that like you always did that or this is something that you learned like later on in life i definitely learned later on in life um and it's definitely just through like a lot of self work and a lot of talking to sports psychologists a lot of talking to my dad and kind of you know after having like what I felt like a rock bottom in terms of my um, mental headspace my joy for the sport my results as well they it all came crashing down at once and you know I think similar to what you're saying I have a tattoo on my arm of someone that said to me uh, new level new devil and it's kind of like if you look at, think of like the game of like Mario Kart or something, right? Every level at the end of the level, you have to defeat the monster, the whatever to go to the next level. And so you get through that monster and you're like, oh man, I did it. I finally worked it out. And then you go up and you have to take on a monster that's harder and tougher. And so I think that like when we kind of have success and we move up a level, there's always going to be something that is going to be more challenging, take a little bit more thinking, assessing, pivoting, learning. Um, but you can keep trying at it. You can keep learning and you can go back to that level and keep having a crack. And I think it's something that someone said to me and I was like, okay, I'm getting this challenge because I've leveled up. You know, I've, I've kind of had some glory moments. I've had some good days. This is great. And now I've got a little, a spanner being thrown and how I choose to like acknowledge that, how I choose to um, navigate that is kind of up to me. And so something that another coach of mine said is like, whenever you have a race or a day or whatever life, you always have two things in your control and that's your effort and your attitude. And those are the two things that you can only ever control. And I always think of these things of when, you know, life becomes chaotic or a race becomes, it feels like it's slipping from my grips. I'm always like, okay, Lucy, effort and attitude. You can't control what anyone else is doing, the weather, how far you have to go, what the course is like, but you can control those two things. And I feel like if you kind of like apply that, to anything that gets thrown at you um it really kind of simmers it down to a level that you're like okay I've got these two things I can project of what the future is going to look like and be scared and fearful and anxious but are any of those emotions valid and needed maybe but like if I start to sink into them now it's just a waste of energy um and so just kind of choosing how you look and perceive situations and past situations is kind of up to you and that's uh definitely something that through doing that inner work um I've realized yeah 
when you were kind of going down that that dark path what did that look like for you were you like stuck in bed or what was the whole kind of experience with that and what did I guess like the the inner work look like to you yeah I mean it's pretty interesting I'm kind of scary that if you like looked back through my socials and when I talk about this rock bottom you wouldn't even see it you wouldn't the pictures are still smiling the landscapes are still beautiful the sun was still shining um and that's because it wasn't like there was still joy and I was still doing my job I was still traveling um I think a lot of people would think that if I was to feel that way it would have been during COVID where my racing stopped traveling stopped my like work came to a halt but I actually thrived in COVID I loved just being home for a a bit of time having a bit of a routine um, obviously I was training in, in Melbourne, we had one hour a day. And so my running came down, but I was like, man, an hour is so fun. You can make it hard. You can make it easy. I don't need to run three or four or five, six hours a day to just feel the joy of what running brings me. Um, but it was actually after COVID going back in, and traveling and racing that I was just like, Oh man, like, do I love this enough? Like, I don't want to leave my dad and my dog and my friends. And, you know, I thought I was such a, um, a traveling nomad, but I was like, I'm a bit of a homebody after these two years of just staying in my staying put. So it was like a challenging time, but like, it was a really important for me to just kind of, you know, cause I had those questions. I don't think it's good to line up when you're questioning whether you should be doing something. I would rather just not start the race and, cop that I was scared or not ready or people can say what they want about it but um yeah and it wasn't until I actually listened to a podcast with Ben Crow I don't know if you know of him but he's like a sports I don't even know if sports is his thing but he's like a mental headspace uh person and I listened to a podcast with him and he works alongside athletes like Ash Barty um, Nick Kyrgios, um, Andre Agassi, uh, Kelly Slater, across all sports and just about athletes that perform at high levels. And I listened to a podcast, I did his workshop and I was just like, man, there's a lot of unanswered questions that I think would really help me to kind of navigate back to why I started this whole thing and provide me with whether I want to continue. And so it was that workshop that kind of, it was just an online on his app. It took me about two months to get through. I just did it every morning, afternoon, whenever I had time um, that kind of really asked the questions. And when you really think about it, um, I was able to answer them in a way that makes me really proud of the journey I've been on um, and confident with the journey to come. Mm. I love that because it's like self-auditing. Yes, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like my taxes, you know? <laughs> yeah, but but like it, it's so good because, you know, in like every time I've had a mentor, for example, I've always had auditing tasks. It's like, all right, well, we're in a time of growth. What does growth offer? It offers a lot of challenges and it offers a lot of reflection and a lot of questions unanswered. And the only reason... Though, <laughs> The only um, reason that we're worried or stressed most of the time is because we've got all these questions that are unanswered. So when we start unan- like answering the questions, we're, we're starting to be like, oh, shit, I'm writing the book of like Chris Walker today, blah, 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 et cetera. And it, it, it really just like I think it's so valuable and I think not enough people actually 
sit with themselves and do it because it's it's so hard it's like peeling back a a layer of an onion continuously and every time you pull it back you're like oh shit i'm naked i'm naked even more i'm getting more naked jeez (laughs) and that makes you cry (laughs) absolutely yeah Yeah. so what advice would you have for people say that like just um they're at home that they're feeling unmotivated maybe they're 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 in the depths of their own challenge. What advice would you have for them? I would, I would really suggest uh, looking into someone like Ben Crow and listening to. Po- I think podcasts are one hundred percent. I'm not saying this because I'm on a pod- you're on your podcast, <laughs> but I think that when you listen to people having conversations and you hear that struggle happens to the all of us to the most successful people have had huge challenges and realizing that everyone goes through phases of feeling unmotivated, uninspired. They don't want to do what they're doing. Um, and kind of comes that fork in the road of either like you turn back or you push on. And I think that, you know, I always think that a run has been my place of kind of, okay, like I need some thinking time. I need some, I've got some unanswered questions. Running has always been my space to do that. And so I've always kind of had this like 10 minute rule of like, I'm going to run for 10 minutes away from home. And if at 10 minutes, I'm still not enjoying it. I still don't want to be doing this. And then I'll turn around and I'll either walk back or run back. And then I'm at least done a 20 minute run or a 10 minute run and a walk. But usually at that 10 minute mark, the sun has hit my skin. The wind has gone through my hair. You know, if it's raining, I'm wet already. It's kind of like I might as well just kick on. And, you know, usually that's kind of like the crux. And I feel like you can apply that to take away from running and put it into doing 10 minutes of writing a book, of doing something creative, of whatever your job or thing that you need to do is. Just give it 10 minutes and don't define the whole thing by that 10 minutes because the first 10 minutes of a run suck. They're usually like the heart's got to get pumping. The body's got to get moving. It's just clunky. But then I find that you find that rhythm, you find that joy, you start to kind of like see, smell, hear those little things. And I think that sometimes we just need to be reminded of like 10 minutes is all it takes. Let's not look at it like we need to do five hours of something um just take it one step at a time make it achievable and then be super super proud of yourself for whether that it was 10 minutes or whether it turned into an hour of whatever you needed to do and give yourself that kind of gratitude and pat on the back and hug for like showing up and trying and learning and maybe moving forward maybe learning that's not the thing for you and just kind of being able to have that perspective of, um, yeah, sometimes it just takes one step and that's the hardest step of all. That's epic. With regards to like, I guess like that in, in a critic, what kind of say you're on the end of your run and you know, you just, you can't feel your legs anymore, which I saw in a few videos, it looked like you were at that point. <laughs> what, what is it that gets you through pushing through those, those hard mental states that you know your body's shutting down but all you've got is your brain left to you know get you through that like what is it that you say to yourself and gets you through I think having done and taken my body and my head to that kind of place a few times you realize 
just how capable you are. And also, you know that on the other side of that is usually a whole new arena of capacity and potential that you didn't know you had. And so I think for me, it's just like, it, I wouldn't say I look forward to that moment, um, especially if it's on the finish line, it's not too bad, which is the videos you've seen. Um, but it's kind of like, what a privilege to be able to do that to yourself, to have trained hard enough, to push yourself hard enough, and then to kind of take your body to that place is such a privilege. And I feel like that's what I say to myself. I'm like, this is a privilege. It's a privilege to voluntarily quote unquote, suffer in this race. And if I look at it like that, and I'm grateful for this opportunity and the lessons and the things I'm going to learn from it, you know, I'm not saying it's going to bring your legs back to life because (laughs) as I've experienced, sometimes it doesn't, but I feel like, you know, you look back on it and you're like, man, like I, I did that. I came out the other side and the next day my body was fine. It forgave me. It appreciates that we're not going to do anything, but um, yeah, I feel like that kind of gratitude and the perspective of privilege are the two things that I would say I would come back to when, the body and the legs and the lungs and everything are starting to struggle. You've always got your, your mind that you can move forward with. Mm. It's so good too. Cause like that really just gives you so much like power within yourself too. Cause if you don't believe that you are in that, that state of like shit, like I've got limbs, I've got arms and I get the opportunity to be like, Holy shit. Like we're unlocking a new level that, that Donkey Kong game or whatever it is just like allows you to obviously be like, oh, cool, I get to do this. Whereas like everyone has the opportunity to do that, but I think a lot of people get stuck in in the the narrative of, oh, well, I can't, you know? So I think that's epic. For yourself, what are some of the biggest achievements that you've had with running and what are some of the, the things that you're chasing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like every finish line that I've crossed has been a huge achievement. Uh, I feel like every run that I get out for is an achievement. I, I, I think the bar of achievement for me is very low so that I'm constantly like, I'm achieving. I'm getting something from this. This is great. Um, I mean, internationally, I've had some big wins being in Ultra Trail Cape Town in South Africa, Ultra Trail Australia in Australia, um, coming fifth at the UTMB series, um, which is a big global race, third at Western States in the USA. Um, but I think what I'm most exceptionally proud of, my biggest achievement is that I haven't had any injuries. And I think people find that super hard to believe, but I've always been able to, I feel like for me, my headspace is what cracks before my body. My headspace goes, we don't love this. We don't want to be doing this. And that kind of halts me being able to push past and train through into something like a a stress fracture or take my body to a place where it can't handle it. And so I think that like for me, like in a more holistic sense, that achievement is my, my most proud. Um, and then what I'm chasing, oh man, just the longevity of it all. Starting at 15, I, I look at my dad, he's 61. He's finally going to race Western States, the hundred mile race in the USA this year. He's been trying to get in for nine years and I finally get to watch the man do it. Um, so I'm really excited for him. I'm excited to do the UTMB in its entirety. So the hundred mile race this year, 
And then I'm super stoked to ha- get the chance after doing my first Ironman last year, qualified for Kona. And so doing my first, oh, doing Kona, the Ironman that is the spiritual home of triathlon um, is just such an honor. So I'm really chasing and looking forward to a big year for the whole Bartholomew family, but for myself, but the UTMB in Kona. That's epic. Hats off to you because that is ridiculous. Because what's the time span between those two two big races that you're doing? Yeah, a little too small. Yeah. For, as a PT, you're probably like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so UTMB falls on September 1. It could roll into September 2 if it's a challenging day. Um, and then Kona is October 12th. So it's about five weeks. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. <laughs> but, you know, if anyone's going to do it, it's you. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> for people who want to start their own journey in running triathlons, Ironmans, everything in between, what's the, the first piece of advice that you would have for them and maybe three steps to getting them starting the right way? Yeah. Well, I would come back to probably the three things that got me into the sport, and that is community, find or someone to run with. It was my dad initially, then it was the broader running community, but, you know, find a group online or reach out to someone who's in the sport and or wants to join you and just don't do it alone. Like share that experience. It's it's far more fun. It's far less intimidating. Um My second one would be, you know, make it fun, you know, go places that you've never been, um, pack a lot of snacks, (laughs) you know, get, just really sink into the whole experience. And my third one is to own it. Like call yourself a runner, call yourself an an athlete, call yourself a, you know, like if you're trying, you want to run an ultra, you know, manifest that and say you're an ultra runner, you're training for an ultra. And I think, so many people I have conversations with and they're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a runner, but I, you know, I'll do like five Ks. And I was like, well, that's a runner. <laughs> you know, if the bus is coming and you're not quite at the stop and you start running, congratulations, you made it. You go, you're walking across the road and the car's going a little faster and it's going to hit you and you run. Congratulations. Welcome to the club. Like, I think that there's no minimum. There's no way that you need to look. There's not a pace you need to run, a distance you need to do. Um, and I think that sometimes, and especially like in my world where ultra running is kind of the predominant sport that we do, I think we tend to forget that like a 20-minute run, a 10-minute run is valuable. It's worthwhile. And it's incredibly empowering to get out for that and to do it. And, um, yeah, so just start there, start with walk running, start with putting on your shoes and stepping out the door. And, uh, I can guarantee you the running bug will bite. That's so epic. I think a lot of people from what I've seen just over the, you know, the past 10 years of people doing any exercises, a lot of time it comes up, they're like, Oh, I'm just not fit enough or, Oh, I'll get fit and then I'll do it. Oh, I don't know anyone who does it or whatever it is. And it's, you know, a prime example, it's like everything I do is like I have no no worry to go and do these things. But in saying that, that's been something that's been cultivated over the past probably 15 to 16 years. And I still remember the first thing I ever did that scared the shit out of me, which was a fucking Iron Man. Uh, not an Iron Man, a tough mother. Sorry, definitely have not done an Iron Man. Um, a tough mother. And that was that was like 21Ks or something. And it's the first time I've ever run that 
most of my life. But still to this point, that was the first time in my life where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it, do it with a friend. And why I say this to a lot of people is like, it's just like, just do it. Hey, like just, just, just throw yourself in somewhere and just do something tough. And then you'll realize like how good it is. Like, like you said, like you're getting to yourself to that point, you're getting the privilege to experience something new and you're not, you're not in that, that mundane nine to five, you know, oh, I've got a got lunch break at 12. I get home at four four thirty two. And then I, I sit on the couch for maybe two minutes, think about my life, and then we get into making dinner or whatever it is. So just getting doing things that are different is so important. In regards to that, when you've been traveling around the world, like what's the perspective shift that you've happened with your own perspective? Oh, I think lots. I think that traveling has been the greatest gift of perspective, going to places like Nepal, for example, and just seeing, you know, how strong these people are just to endure their day-to-day life and you know I think that really makes me when I'm racing and traveling I'm like okay this is hard but it's not every day um and I think you know I remember doing some running with some Sherpas out there and being like you guys would win most of the races if you had this opportunity. You are so strong. You smoke cigarettes. You're in bloody sandals and you're kicking my ass up this mountain. But it's so incredible, you know, and it's really humbling to see that and to see the the women and the kids just running around these these towns and these villages. Um, I think that, you know, you really start to see also just kind of ultra running in Australia is still fairly small and um, niche, but it's really amazing to see like in America, ultra running and females in sport um, and in running really are just going from strength to strength. And the sport is professionalizing really strongly overseas. And I think it's really inspiring. It's really cool to see the equity coming in and like women athletes and sponsors and diversity and colors of the skins and how people, um, you know, sexual orientation and kind of sizes and everything. Like there's definitely a space for everyone in this sport. And I think that's more so I noticed that overseas. Mm. But I think more than anything, it's just given me so much passion and like a real love and appreciation for looking after the planet so I can enjoy these people in the future can enjoy these runs and these places. I'm so lucky to have traveled to places that, you know, with glaciers that are just getting smaller every year I get back. Um, but, you know, just really giving me that kind of like, wow, we are so lucky to call this planet home. Um, and, you know, I'm also incredibly lucky to call my job is to travel and to to see these places and to run around and that doesn't go past me when I'm out there and yeah it's tough but like it's brutally beautiful at the same time that's epic and such a a refreshing view on the world too because like I love travel it's just like when I lived overseas and I traveled to every lots of places and stuff and it's funny you say about like the the Sherpas and stuff because I remember when I went to Morocco and I um i think they're called like nomads possibly nomads over there i'm not too sure probably said the wrong thing um but you know i remember having a chat to them and we we were all like oh so are you happy and they've got like camels and they've got their friends and they just walk around the desert um and they're like yeah 
like we love our life we get to camp under the stars we have we have sky tv <laughs> we have like these beautiful like people we've got our camels and it's just like such a perspective shift when you when you go to those places and you're like wow like what an absolute like perspective shift on like you don't need anything to be happy obviously you can have things in your life and it amplifies things for you if you're a happy person but you can buy everything in the world but if you're still upset and you know like you're not you know living in the moment being present and being grateful you're still never going to be happy so i think such such a good lesson with travel um we're going to go through some speed questions how exciting oh can i just Uh, tell a quick can i tell a quick story yeah go on just on what you're saying it makes me think of this story that i was going up this mountain in nepal and there was this sherpa and he had one flip-flop whatever you want to call it sandal on and i was like oh man did you lose your sandal and i was like you know like oh i'm so sorry and he was like no man i found one (laughs) (laughs) like oh my god he's so stoked he's like i just gained a sandal and i was like this is the perspective we need, right? And it was just, it was one of those moments where I was like, this is going to be the greatest story I think I will ever get to share. It was one of the coolest moments anyway. (laughs) But it's so good too, because it's just like, just happiness. Hey, like kids are happy all the time. And it's just like, what a vibe. Oh, okay. I've been walking without, you know, sandals or shoes for the last three years. And now I've got one that I can totally. swap over. What have I? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's epic. And it's good, good perspective shift for a lot of people too. And it's so wild. Like it, it, I, I can never, I could never understand what my life would have been if I never traveled. And that's why I'm always just saying to people like travel, you'll, you'll see once you see, you'll see. And it's like taking totally. the will off you know, like your face and you just see what the real world's like. And yeah, it's just mind, mind boggling to think any other way. Um, all right, let's get into some speed questions. I've rambled on a bit there. Um, <laughs> so with the question, you just say, answer them as quick as you can. Where's your favorite, most favorite place you've ever been traveling? I, I loved Norway. When I was in Norway, it was the 24 hour sun. And so the sun never set. And I loved that I could play all day in the mountains. I love that. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever received? Um, new level, new devil. I always think that it's like the perfect way to sum up every day's life challenges. Uh, the worst advice you've ever received? Uh, you, oh man, the first, worst, worst advice. Oh man. Um, you should probably get a real job. I love that. That's such a good one. Um, what's the biggest perspective shift that's happened in your life? Um, running the Western States last year, I trained really hard and at 50 Ks, I tripped, hit my head, got a concussion, got pulled out. And I thought that my running career and everything was over. And whilst it was a really challenging time, it really made me appreciate how like we're always one step away from things going really poorly or going really well. And just to kind of make every step count. What's the best advice you'd have for someone in one sentence? Step out the door. Favorite quote you've ever heard? Hakuna Matata means no worries. Lovely. All right. That's it all for your speed questions. The last thing I'm going to do is it's a little thing I've been doing recently on most of my podcasts. So what I'll get you to do, I'll get you to close your eyes. I know it's so um, what I want you to do. I want you to imagine in front of you 
is uh, an elevator. And as the elevator doors open, if you look in it, it's got leather seats, golden buttons. You press one button there, whatever number it is that comes up, the doors close and they take you down a little lower and it takes you to a time where you're younger. And whatever that time is for you, I want you to go up and I want you to give yourself a hug. And I want you to say one thing to yourself that maybe in that point in time that you needed. And then once you've said that thing, that piece of advice, just let us know what it was and why. Oh, for sure. It's that I'm proud of you. I think that there's nothing better than someone telling you, and especially yourself, um, that they're proud of you in that moment. I think in any moment, I feel like, especially like the the act of a hug and the words of pride um, from one human to another is the strongest thing you can ever give. Last but not least, where can people find you on social media to follow your journey, to maybe pick up some running tips? I know you do some uh, online stuff as well. What's the best social media channels for you? Yeah, so the best place to follow me is Instagram, which is at Lucy underscore Bartholomew. Um, everything from Instagram is copied to Facebook because I don't really use it, but it's there as well at Lucy Bartholomew. Um, all my training is on Strava under Lucy Bartholomew. And otherwise, I have a website. I don't really update it, but there is a place you can write questions, um, which will come to my email. But for sure, Instagram, I check all my messages. I write back to to everyone that's polite. And um, yeah, I uh, yeah, they're the, they're kind of the places. Epic. I'll link all these in the little um, write up anyway. But I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. There was like a lot of golden nuggets there. And I really encourage like a lot of people listening in to actually, you know, sit with some of those things that were said today and try and take those on board as well. But um, yeah, once again, thanks so much for your time. And I really appreciate having this chat with you. Thanks so much for listening in guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member share us on social media, leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.